guys, welcome back to Four Eyes, the podcast series that gives you a clear view into the optometry world across Canada and the U.S. We are your hosts. I'm Dr. Amrit Bilku. I'm Dr. Deepan Carr. Hi, I'm Dr. Bravinder Rindava. And I'm Dr. Alex Kuhn. Today, we are really excited to share our interview with Dr. Jasdeep Singh Soni, otherwise known as OptoTurban, on his Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube channel, and podcast platform. Jasdeep recently graduated from the Arizona College of Optometry this year as a COVID new grad, so we're inviting him onto the podcast to share his personal experiences as a new grad optometrist working during the pandemic and how he's adjusting to the new grad life. We also dive a little bit deeper into his social media presence as OptoTurban and what we can expect from his social media content as he transitions from a student to working optometrist. So we really hope you guys learned something from this episode and enjoy the conversation with us. Let us know in the reviews uh, what you think of our episodes and give us any feedback. We love to hear back from you guys. So yeah, give us a rating and a review. We hope you enjoy the interview. Okay, so Jazdeep, for all of our listeners who may not know who you are, would you mind please giving us a little introduction about yourself? Yeah, um, thanks for having me on the podcast. First of all, I love the work you ladies are doing and uh, it's an honor to be here. So um, I'm born and raised in Southern California. I went to the Arizona College of Optometry and just graduated there in May. Um, did some of my rotations uh, in Tennessee at a private practice at Cool Springs Eye Care, uh, another private practice, ODMD practice in Florida, Bowden Eye Springs, uh, the Mayo Clinic in Arizona, and then finally back at school. Um, and then now I'm here in Bakersfield, California, practicing at an MDOD practice. Um, it's a rural area, a lot of immigrant population, a lot of disease out here, and uh, excited to be starting work in the pandemic and learning a ton already. How, um, so you're pretty lucky in that sense that you actually got to do all four of your clinic rotations during the pandemic. Uh, were a lot of your classmates able to do that or did some of them actually get sent like back to school or back at home because they weren't able to do that? Yeah, so it was a really unusual process and kind of dependent on the student, depending on the school. For mm-hmm. me, I was fortunate to be at our school. So technically nothing necessarily got cut short. Uh, for our school, our dean told us whatever you're comfortable with. So if you feel more comfortable coming home and watching online videos, that's your option. Or if you feel comfortable in a clinic, if your clinic is open, that's also an option. I want to say about 90% of the schools pulled their students immediately. But since I was at the school already and we weren't seeing many patients, I decided to just stay and uh, just want to ensure and make sure I graduated on time. Uh, but definitely yes. was thinking every day, hey, should I come? Should I not? Uh, but I think there, there was a great process. So some of the Johnson Johnson and other companies were doing videos uh, so we could learn. So that, that was a great, uh, you know, something I enjoyed doing in person. Were the videos like clinical stuff or just, it was just like learning? Promotional. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you got to have a little bit of both, right? So uh, I'm not going to yeah. fluff it, but uh, definitely. So they, they'd go over cases. They'd have different doctors all over the country, oh. whether they'd be speakers okay. for the companies or we had professors, mm-hmm. including some of ours that would speak about some of their, their most, you know, uh, complicated cases. So it was a good review. Like, I want to say it's like part two type material. Uh, So it was good. Mm -hmm. You know, we're obviously not getting the cases because the patients were in clinic or because of COVID. So it was good just to hear it and and visually see it. Okay. Well, you know, just to talk a little bit more about uh, OptoTurban. So you're pretty much a social media master due to your super entertaining yet educational videos and posts. (laughs) 
However, building a social media presence can be daunting to many people, right? So in your opinion, how important is it is having a social media presence as an optometrist or an OD student? And what kind of opportunities were presented to you um, due to your social media presence? Well, thank you for the flattering words. I really appreciate <laughs> it. Um, uh, I would just say overall, like it's, it's just an extension of, of networking. And I think there's just so much opportunity with networking and uh, just Instagram was one platform to start that with. So for me, I was saying, uh, actually, when I came to school, my whole number one goal was to be a non-practicing optometrist. I worked in sales. I met some people in the field and uh, they used to either work for Optos and sell medical devices or they would manage optometrists through getting an MBA. And so I, I found that really attractive. And so my whole four years, I, I kind of focused on how can I be a non-practicing optometrist? How can I get my name out there? And so I felt like this was a great route for me to do that. Um, things have kind of evolved now for me as a practicing doctor. Um, but I would say it's really helped because I've formed friendships, including the friendships that we have and we're building here right now. Um, through meeting people, through, through not even physically being in the same room with them. And um, I, even when I interview for jobs, it's something that comes up. It's something that we could talk about. It's um, because of it, like when, when I mentioned that I've worked with certain doctors or that I've connected with them, they, when I interviewed for this specific job, they would call the doctors because this eye world is so small, honestly. And so um, when you start building those friendships, those connections, it's only going to get you farther and I would say it's uh, helped me. I was able to do a, a panel at Vision Expo. I was able to get scholarships, um, able to be funded. Um, and in the future, my goal is still to speak for companies, uh, work alongside companies if they have a product that I really believe in and help um, advertise for them. So um, that's kind of where it's kind of helped me and where I kind of want to take it. That's amazing. I feel like not a lot of people that I've met had the goal of becoming a non-practicing OD right away. I feel like a lot of the people that we've met who are non-practicing ODs kind of randomly fell into that area, you know, when opportunities presented later on in their career. So that's very rare. That's pretty it, cool. It definitely, uh, it was unique and people used to look at me like I was crazy. And even now I'm, I'm going backwards. So now I'm actually practicing and maybe I'll just stay practicing, even though I came in saying I might do non-practicing. So um, I think it's, it's good to just keep your mind open. Like, I mean, just seeing everybody, like there's so many avenues in optometry. You want to go low vision, you want to do specialty contact lenses, you want to work with MDs. Like there's just so much out there, um, including not practicing academia, all this. So I think just keep an open mind to what opportunities present to you and just go with it. Yeah. I wanted to add one quick question to, you know, you starting your social media and how it's brought you here. What was the first moment that convinced you to start, you know, an optometric social media presence? I think one thing just like internally that really drives me is um, having a community around me. And mm -hmm. like when I have people that encourage me and I, I have this big community, whether it be in the optometry community or even personally with friends and family, um, that's something that really pushes me. And so I thought I would try it, just, just put some funny posts out there and it just kind of built and I, I built these friendships. And then that's where everybody just becomes so encouraging online and um, it just fueled me more and more like, hey, like, wow, I really enjoy this. I want to put more content out there because everybody's so positive about it. And it makes me excited when I'm going to go to a conference and see all my friends, all our colleagues. It makes me excited when our professors are encouraging us because not only are you like going to clinic with a different spirit, like just every day just seems completely different because for me, it, it kind of um, it just it made me more excited when I'm seeing a patient. Hey, maybe I could share this case online. So um, I guess that for me, just 
it made me more enthusiastic about optometry when, you know, in the dark times of school where it's kind of tough to see that and uh, to be able to share and build a community. Uh, that's really important for me. Yeah, that's awesome. So as a fourth year student, how did the COVID pandemic alter your job search and or job opportunities? Yeah, so it for sure did um, alter some of the opportunities I was looking at. So I knew for me, if I wanted to maybe speak for a company one day, I, I should get the, the hardest cases I can get. I didn't want to do a residency yet. Um, for me right now, I wanted to, to make uh, the high salary I could yet still get experience. And um, I was interviewing with a couple other ODMB practices. And then right when COVID hit, I just got ghosted, you know, um, <laughs> try to slide in the DM, try to try to message them, try to email them, try to come there and knock on their door. It didn't work. And uh, that's where I just, I reached out to every connection I had, whether it be online, LinkedIn, everywhere. And then eventually um, I met this doctor in Colorado at the AOSA conference in 2018. And he was always telling me, Hey, come to Bakersfield, California. There's a huge Punjabi community out there. And in my head, I was like, yeah, you know, like if, for those of you who don't know about Bakersfield, it's kind of two hours north of LA. It's kind of rural, um, yeah. really hot. And I was in my head, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And then uh, I ended up messaging him and he said, hey, we have an opening at our office. And uh, it kind of was like dating. Like, you know, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go on this date, but let, let's just <laughs> let's, run it, you know. uh, let's have some coffee, you know, maybe maybe I'll flirt a little. And so I went on the first date, first interview and it was good. I was like, OK, well, you know, OK, still like, you know, I'm not sure if I'm that interested let's just go on a second date. So after four interviews, you know, I fell wow. for her. I fell, I oh, fell wow. for her. Job. And, um, I think it was because uh, we kind of, I was willing to like move there, take on hard cases, kind of be groomed in the environment that they wanted me to. And they also like throw opportunities where um, they knew I was wanted to be uh, working with companies. And so they showed me different avenues where they can help me do that by coming to Bakersfield. And so um, that's, that's why I felt it was like kind of like dating. And um, I had to change some of the, you know, I didn't ever think I would go rural to rural area, but you know, with the pandemic, you kind of have to maybe uh, relax some of your standards in that sense. As you said, it's a big Punjabi community, and I I saw one of your posts that you took a Punjabi like a learning course. It was like yes. a, what six week or eight weeks. Yeah. How did that work for you? Is it helping you right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or... So um, I I knew I was coming to an area which was about twenty percent Punjabi, and um, yeah. You know, just being on rotations, I know how important communication is. I, I feel like yes. I was successful when I was on rotations because I was able to use my personality and, and bond with my patients on a personal level. And I was like, if that's my strength, if I can't even speak the language of my patients, how am I going to be successful? So um, on a personal level, too, I always wanted to kind of learn how to read, write, fully speak and be comfortable. Yeah. Um, and I knew, especially with the older community, I, I always felt really uncomfortable. And and so I, I was able to find this opportunity where I took like an eight-week online Punjabi course. And yeah. uh, this was really good for me because every time we had like a speaking presentation or something writing, I would tailor it to eyes. And so I would do like online uh, oral presentations, how to do an eye exam, talk about like diabetes. And it's, it's really paying off now. Like some of these patients are like, tu si mera putero. And like they're calling yeah. me like, <laughs> and like, I'm like, holy crap, just because I can speak your language, like all of a sudden yeah. I'm, I'm your son. And, yes, um, it's a big deal to them. Right, that right. Communication, so like that yeah. huge. right, right. Um, have you had all similar experiences like that? Um, well, one of the clinics I work to, it is more heavily Punjabi based. Sometimes I hesitate speaking in Punjabi first because then their case history just takes another route. <laughs> yeah. But then if I do see that they're struggling, then definitely like I, I, I'm pretty fluent in Punjabi Hindi. So then I try to like converse in that and yeah. Um, and they're very grateful, like very, very grateful. And, you know, and then it just makes a more relaxed environment. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am definitely a disappointment to the Punjabi <laughs> community. I, 
I understand it completely, but yeah, I, I, I think I'm just I'm, like, I'm embarrassed when I speak it. So I just shut down and I, I don't say a single word in Punjabi, but I know I, when I saw your post about that eight week course you took, mm-hmm. I kind of thought about it too. And to be honest, it really motivated me at the age of, you know, 26. My parents have told me for 26 years, you got to <laughs> learn it. You got to learn it. And you were the one who convinced me. (laughs) And she lives in Brampton, which is 90% of Punjabis. But I'm not working there because of that, because I I don't speak their language. So I wouldn't, I'd I'd probably be underserving them, you know, by not giving them that communication. Yeah. Well, I think the first step is putting effort. So, I mean, you got Mm -hmm. the right mindset and going for it and um, putting that effort, like even I make mistakes, but like, like they show like like the patients when they know you're trying like they'll there's so much kindness like they'll they'll appreciate mm-hmm. what you're doing and uh, I have like 70% Hispanic population also and so um, I didn't realize that I didn't practice my Spanish but like I'm I'm trying to like my goal is to learn like one word a week or like something that will help me in the exam room so mm-hmm. like I walk in one day I'm like Buenos dias and they're like no like it's Buenos tardes because it's afternoon so now <laughs> in the afternoon I'll walk in and say Buenos tardes and then they'll smile at me like hey like okay you know something yeah. you know like. So I think it's just, just making an effort, shooting your shot and uh, just, just keep building on it. If you can learn like one Punjabi thing that can help you in an eye exam every week, like imagine how far you'll get in like 10 years. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have a Russian community like in Alaska. Oh. And we'll get Russian patients. Well, I try to speak Spanish to them. Sometimes like mentally, <laughs> I speak, like Spanish words and I don't know Russian and I don't Spanish <laughs> that well. But we have our billers actually Russian and so she translates for us. But I tell her every time like I almost said, you know, some Spanish words. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's already hard learning one language. Now you got to learn two. Yeah. English yeah. I'm not even that good at. So <laughs> <laughs> Three languages. Which I really should have just learned Russian because that's the community that we have up here rather than Spanish. Mm-hmm. But. So, Jazdeep, you kind of talked about this a little bit before, but, you know, as you said, you made a big move to a rural area for your first job. So what factors were you taking into consideration when deciding to move there? And why did you choose that specific rural area? So the rural area um, kind of plays in the part of the job I took because uh, I wanted the hardest patient cases I can get. So in the, the clinic I'm at, it's a nonprofit clinic. Uh, they take a lot of like the Medi-Cal or a like, current family, which is like the local one run uh, through like uh, the federal government for like low income patients. And so because of that, it's an, uh, there's a lot of like un, uh, unchecked diabetes, like a lot of PDR, um, a lot of glaucoma, um, a lot of amblyopia, a lot of BV more so than I thought I would. Uh, see so like there's just a whole lot of patients that aren't underserved and the surgeons from my office actually work at empire which is their bigger private practice and so um, they have a huge network there and uh, there's always like disease and medical walking through the door so when I was interviewing I asked like how many how much percent of patients will I see medically wise and um, I was getting over 50 percent commonly in in my responses and so that that was something that attracted me because I knew uh, from the doctors that gave me advice, like, hey, like, you know, you're the smartest you'll know. To, you're the smartest right now that you'll ever be. And for a second, I was like, wait, are you serious? Like, right now? <laughs> I do not feel like that right now. But they're yeah. like, no, like, imagine you just yeah. took your boards, you're fresh, like, the information may like go through your head, like less and less every year. And so that was like, you know, I'll just take it the use it or you lose it attitude right now and uh, go to an area where there are patients who are underserved. Um, the other day, like, I think I had a patient who uh, got hit with a lasso 13 years ago, Spanish speaking, um, wants me to explain why I, why he can't see for his right eye for 13 years. And um, I can't even see his retina, completely foggy, 
you know, obviously with the mask and the holding a 90, it's getting foggy already. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even see it right yeah. now because I don't even know what's going on with the lens. Like I think it's like <laughs> kind of cataract, like um, there's a lot of situations yeah. where I feel like I'm sweating and, and mm-hmm. out of my comfort zone, but that's where, um, unfortunately, we have a great team here. Yeah. Um, like our MDs, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're like always like willing, like I can step out of the room and just call them where, um, whether it be post-op or not. So um, that's why I wanted to go to rural area to get those like harder cases. Yeah. Awesome. Especially just having like um, a multi group practice is always nice because you can just knock on someone's door when you have a quick question. Like I know I work um, alone uh, some of the days that I'm working. So I'll have to text other people, you know, our network and ask these questions. But if you need a response right then and right there, when your patient's in the chair, that would be even better. I think that's a big advantage of a multi-group practice for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, does anybody else work in like a multi-group practice? Um, yeah. So I work at a clinic kind of that's next to LensCrafter. So that's one of my job. And then, yeah, we always have two doctors. Um, and I absolutely love it because then we get to always discuss cases and I get to show them like, hey, what do you think I should do? And I like learning from other people's experience and what they have to say and like how they would handle a case. I mean, we're still new grads too. We've only been out in the field a year and there's a lot of stuff that we're still very hesitant about. We're like, I don't know, should I send this out to a specialist? Should I send this out to a retina? Like, or like even knowing which specialist to send out to, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're just like, I don't know what MD takes, what type of cases, right? So you that for that you get to learn a lot from them i'll even say well let me go discuss this with my dad which i know (laughs) (laughs) like but he's you know he's my person i practice with so they all know that we practice together so i'm like let me just go discuss this real quick (laughs) i have a good feeling your mom probably gets very annoyed when you guys discuss cases like at the dinner table she's probably (laughs) like can we please not talk about diabetes anymore Yeah. first it was basketball now it's eyeballs and basketball so. <laughs> yeah uh, so jesse you're a new grad optometrist working full-time in a uh in a new city has um how are you adjusting to the new job and how does it compare to clinical rotations during school in your opinion so i was fortunate that the office is really well organized and so for my first couple of weeks because um, I had basically stopped seeing patients in March and then started in end of August, September. Um, so that was quite a good amount of time. Um, but I was fortunate. I was able to shadow for my first couple of weeks, kind of get my mm-hmm. feet wet, um, shadow the MD, shadow the ODs. Um, they would quiz me all the time, tell me things I needed to work on. So that, that kind of helped me feel a little bit more comfortable. And then from there, I started seeing about like 12 to 16 patients uh, a day. And that's kind of the pace I'm at right now. So it's like every half an hour, I'll have a patient and um, right now it's mostly like refractions, things along those lines, but it seems like there's always a patient at the end of the day that walks in with something crazy or something unusual. And then I'm stuck there. But, uh, like I said, I'm fortunate to have a great team and, um, things, things that I do want to work on. Like they have me shadowing, uh, like six, like around 7am every Friday, uh, for post-ops. And so that's, that's been really good. Well, I'll shadow the MD for post-ops. And then, um, actually three or four weeks ago, one of our doctors got sick. So I was just thrown in there to see the post-ops, but uh, because I had that shadowing experiences, because yeah. they were letting me watch and kind of come a little slower, I mm-hmm. felt felt pretty comfortable. So um, yeah. it's been pretty good so far. And I know uh, one of our doctors is leaving. And so I think around December time, I'll be kind of thrown in there with all the medical cases uh, since he'll be leaving. And so I'm, I'm starting to meet all the patients and uh, they're starting to see me and know that I'll be there full time. So it's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. 
that is good that you're just like slowly going in and then you're not just thrown right in uh, where some people are. <laughs> so, yeah. You yeah. feel like super nervous going into work every day or are you kind of like more calm? Because if I were you, I'd be like, oh man, sweating bullets. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's there, like- there was a lot of sweating. There was a lot of nervousness. <laughs> um, I was like, am I going to lose my job if this happens? Or like, you know, all the, all the toxic thoughts yeah. come in your head. Yeah. Uh, but that's where like, I know I need them. They know they need me. And um, anytime I see something I'm not comfortable with, I'm, I'm willing to just kind of ask around or step outside for a second or text my friends like you, you ladies were saying, or uh, even going to Will's Eye. That's, that's like the Bible, right? Yes. So yeah. um, yes. I think just, just taking a deep breath and maybe like taking my time. Um, like even the other day, actually it was yesterday on Friday, I had trouble doing Gonio uh, with Formier and uh, I was pretty uncomfortable. Like they had small angles. And so like the doctor previously noted, you should do Gonio, check the mm-hmm. angles. Um, and you know, I was kind of uncomfortable doing it. I had a doctor come in and also do it and kind of help me through it. But now, uh, you know, my doctors are saying, Hey, you know what, on normal patients, just do going on everybody. You have the time right now. So, um, just working on those little details to get to that, that next level. I feel like and if I started then, doing Gonio on all my patients, none of my patients would come back. They wouldn't come back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they'd be like, I'm not seeing that doctor ever again. They'd be like, yeah, they'd be like, none of my other doctors did this. That's then, why I love when my, my patients are like, oh, you were so thorough. Like, you did so yeah. many things. And Loki, it's like, I was just super slow. But yeah, 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 of yeah. course. I'm so thorough for you, just for you, you know. Yeah. Um, one more thing about your new job. You know, how has COVID changed your expectations of what your first job would have been like i would say the, the pace uh like so like just the, like the little details like having to clean the room make sure uh rooms are available because we want to make sure everything's sanitized or uh, it took me like a week to get used to like doing 90 uh undilated with the mask or like how to deal with the fog at some point i was like taping my mask uh because everything was fogging but then i was getting marks on my face and um so i, I would say more like the little things like that uh because like they're kind of starting me off slow. It, it kind of is like rotations. Um, usually it's easier when you're on rotations, like mommy, mommy, I need help. Like any little <laughs> <Yeah>. question. <laughs> now it's like, you know, you, you got to be a big boy. You got, you got to do it on your own. Um, but I, I think it's been okay so far and uh, we'll see how it goes. And like I said, I think being able to consult their doctors like right away, I, I think that, mm-hmm. that's what makes you feel so comfortable. Like I don't, I don't think I go anymore to work and like stress out. Like if I don't know something, like just take a deep breath and um you know work it out like I, I have some of the surgeons retinal surgeons numbers too and they're all willing to like talk mm-hmm. to me anytime too so that, that's been really good now that you've transitioned from student to doctor do you think the content created by opto turban will transition as well yes um and i think that's something i've been uh reflecting the last six or seven weeks i've kind of just decreased uh what i've been putting out there made some tiktoks just to have some fun um, but that's what I'm kind of evaluating what is important to me. What are my goals in the future? Um, like I was kind of saying, I think with social media, like I, at some point I, be- I became kind of dependent on like what other people thought, how many likes I was getting, who's following me instead of just like appreciating the kind of the content I was doing. And so that's why I'm reevaluating what I'm doing, how I want to go about it. Like, because I'm so driven with the people who are around me, not being able to see the people in the optometry community is kind of like, uh, made me feel a little slower too. And so that's where I'm just trying to like, do I want to continue doing a podcast? Do I want to make YouTube videos? Do I want to just maybe share a case of the week every week? Do I maybe just want to just just be just have it there and anytime I want to post like a fun photo of what I'm wearing on Friday for Halloween, you know? And so that's that's where I'm just kind of reevaluating. I, I think there's a lot of great podcasts out there, like your ladies. So like I think that space is being filled and I think that's great. And um there's a lot of good content. And um I just think for me personally, I'm just taking time to reevaluate what's important to me. 
Um, and so it definitely will change. I, I don't think I'm going to continue what I, I was doing and um, any suggestions, I'm open to it. You're considered one of the OG optometrists and optometry students on social media. So it's, it's a good time to retire now, take a break, you know, <laughs> you know, just kind of simmer in everything that you've, you've gained and just look back, watch the youngins like us, make it, <laughs> make it all the way up there now. You're flying up. You're, you're going to ask me <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, podcast wise, it's amazing. Like I, I love listening to your guys because obviously you have a relationship already. And so like when you're joking about wine nights or uh, making jokes with each other, like you could see that chemistry there, but also like the technical content, like because I was actually nervous for work um, and I knew I was working with MDs with post-op, I kind of listened to your post-op episode like two or three times when I was in the car. Um, so I think it's cool like to have like that technical knowledge, but also like the chemistry that you ladies have. Well, we're hoping that you still post content because we love watching your TikTok videos for sure. Those are the best ones that, <laughs> that we've seen out there. Um, so yeah, hopefully we do see more of you. I was joking about retiring. Please don't do that yet. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's more like a hiatus, like a, just a reflection period, right? And uh, I think it's, it's more so not even just with social media, just like overall life and um, like see, see where I want to go and grow as a human being. I think like I, I want to create new goals. Like uh, one thing I want to do, I decided this week, I want to get a barbecue, learn how to barbecue different things. Um, see where I want to go financially. Like, how am I going to pay off loans? Like, I think it, it's time to just not just think when you're in school, it was just like optometry, optometry, like, yeah. um, and now it's like, there's, there's so much out there. And so I'm trying to just, just see where I can grow as a human, like just outside of even the eye world. It's very so true. expanding a little bit further into that, like talking about social media, your podcast, where do you want your brand to take your career in the future? Or in other words, what impact do you want Opto Turban to have on your career within the optometry profession? I would say I want it to be something, yes, that I make an impact in the optometry community where mm -hmm. if there's like a product I believe in that I can share news about it and, and make sure that uh, other students, other professionals hear about it. But also I think I want to expand more outside the optometry community too and just kind of be, yes, I happen to be a doctor, but I also have experiences, whether it be talking about religion or talking about just personal struggles. Um, so I kind of, I want to relate to both of those sides and maybe be a little bit more general with my content. Um, I think it is important. Obviously, we're all in the eye field. And so there's things that we can connect on. Um, and I love that. That's about that friendship for uh, both our groups. Um, but I think I kind of want to shift it more to even uh, non-personal things. Just just like, hey, like with school, like for example, there was, um, I was always like focusing on health. Like, I think that's kind of what I want to do right now. And um, that's something I want to post about too. But that has nothing to do with just eye, the eye community, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, just talking about more general topics that kind of affect people um, more so. Okay. Yeah, that would be really exciting. And then, you know, our last one, our last question is, you know, aside from your brand, what are some things you're looking forward to as you get your optometric career started? So things that I'm focused on right now, uh, paying off loans, uh, learning how to barbecue, uh, yes. fitness. I've been tracking all my calories and uh, going crazy with that. So it's, it's nice to be able to go to the gym. I started that this week um spending more time with family so i'm only two hours away from southern california and so 50 percent of my weekends have been driving home and uh that's something that i want to continue doing it's, it's on my sheet um learning how to cook more i think there's there's more things i can kind of expand into so um my friends used to come over rice and make some duty chicken for them but the other day i tried putting it on pizza so i made duty chicken pizza so like just taking that next level of being like a, a chef yeah. um and then also like thinking, hey, where, where do I want to take obviously the optometry career? Maybe it is, like I said, just maybe working in a practice and, and being a speaker, or maybe it is running a practice. Maybe it's going in corporate. Maybe it's 
who knows, maybe it's starting a marketing company that helps other practices with how to advertise their uh, marketing for their practices. Or um, one idea I did have was maybe even uh, starting a platform for languages. Cause I know a lot about like 20, 30 people actually messaged me when they heard about uh, how I learned Punjabi. And mm-hmm. I think there, there's a huge need for us to as practitioners to speak to our patients and not just with Punjabi, with Spanish, every, every language. So um, those are some ideas I'm having. Maybe there'll be one overall platform to kind of help people with that. That is amazing. Many doors are open for you. Definitely. Thank you so much, Jazdeep, for coming on. We had an amazing time talking with you. We're so happy that we finally got a chance to meet you in person, talk to you, get to know you more on a personal level, and not just tagging each other in stories all the time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we wish you all the best of luck in your career, your social media presence, your life, and um, congratulations on getting your new job and becoming an optometrist. (laughs) We should have had some confetti here. We didn't bring any. (laughs) I appreciate all the, the comments and it was an honor to be here and I, I'm so excited to see where, where this podcast goes and uh, you know I'm, it's going to be big so keep it up thank you to everyone for listening to Four Eyes if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating to give us feedback on how we're doing you can also check us out on Instagram at Four Eyes Optum for more content look out for new episodes every Wednesday so until then stay tuned stay tuned